Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. Hello and welcome to you. I'm so thankful that you tuned in. Today we are in the book of Revelation, and we are going to be in Revelation chapter 4 again for a few more episodes at least. And so today we want to make a little more progress as we read through this and understand it. And so I'd like to begin this morning by reading Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and that's what we will cover today. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So we have seen in these last several episodes, the first chapters of the book of Revelation. We have looked at the risen Lord in the first chapter, the things which John saw. We have looked at Revelation chapter 2 and 3. The churches in the church age or the era are dispensation of grace. And we see that those were the things which are in John's day, according to the outline that Jesus gave John to write. And then we now are in, have entered and transitioned into the period that Jesus spoke about the things which shall be or shall take place after this. And so that's where we are. We saw last episode, we looked at John being lifted up to heaven, and we talked a lot about this transition and that we believe this is a one scripture that shows us the rapture of the church. And John being caught up to heaven was symbolic of that rapture of the church. He was taken up to see the future events. And we saw how this is the transition verse between chapter 3 and the rest of the book. So now we move into verse 2, and John says, immediately. In other words, right away or at once, when that rapture happened, when that catching up happened, he was at once taken first to the throne room of the Almighty God. John was lifted by the Holy Spirit and describes for us the glorious sight that he has seen. It's interesting because in Corinthians, Paul speaks of also going to heaven, and he says he was not able to describe those things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says this in verse 2, I know a man in Christ who... 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, 
God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. And so Paul describes his own experience where he was caught up. And Paul was not allowed to express these things. However, John is told to write them. John is told to reveal them because it's the time for the revelation about 30, 35, 40 years after Paul. And so in chapters 4 and 5, we're going to take these as somewhat of a subset of the future events and give a deep dive into these things that are spoken of here little bit by little bit as we go through the next several episodes. And there are several elements involved here. Each one is worthy of discussion and understanding. So we will take them over the next few episodes. So John sees a throne set in heaven. It is set in its place firmly and established and one sits on it. And John is allowed to describe the one that sits there. And so John says, he is like a jasper and like a sardius stone in appearance. In other words, when gazing up, John says they look like precious gemstones of various colors. These are not necessarily the same colors as we have today. And they may be brand new colors. And John could only ex describe them in some of the colors that he knew. And we will find that to be the case later on because John, when he is describing heaven, many times he will say something so-and-so is like something else. And that tells us that he is expressing it in the words that he knows to express in but it may be way beyond any words in our human vocabulary that we could possibly come up with. So John is simply using the only words he can that he knows to describe it. And we will see that occur many times through the book of Revelation. Now it's interesting because scripture gives us a few other accounts of a very select few people who saw God and who saw the throne of God, who were allowed to see the glory of God. There were really five, six, if you include Moses in that number. And you could possibly say the disciples, the three inner circle of Jesus' disciples, if you count the Mount of Transfiguration as well. But let's look at these others in Scripture. In Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 12, it says this, Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel he did not lay his hand, so they saw God, and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone in the law and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. It's interesting here that Moses and a few others see the God of Israel, and they see his throne 
portions of it. And so they give, they give us a minute detail of what they saw and describe it as under his feet being a paved work like sapphire. And yet it was clear. It was beautiful. It was like a clear blue sky. Then in Second Chronicles chapter 18, we have another person who saw the Lord in heaven sitting on his throne. His name is Micaiah. You can also read this in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 19. You'll see it as well. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, I want to read this passage, verse 13 through 18. And in here, what's happening is you've got Ahab who's going to war against Ramoth Gilead, and he has called Jehoshaphat to assist him. He has asked Jehoshaphat to assist him. And so Jehoshaphat, he's a godly man. He wants to know, whoa, wait a minute. Before I enter this war, I want to know that God's in it. I want to hear from God. So Jehoshaphat says, can we inquire of the Lord? So Ahab calls a bunch of his prophets and they all come and they say, go, it's going to be blessed. God's going to give you the, the land. God's going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And Jehoshaphat says, is there anybody here that really hears the word of the Lord and declares it because this is not registering in my spirit. Now I'm paraphrasing here, but this is the gist of what's going on in this story. So Ahab tells him, he says, yeah, there is one. He's a guy named Micaiah. I can't stand him because he never prophesies anything nice about me. He always tells me warnings and dangers, and I don't like to hear what he has to say. Jehoshaphat said, go get him. So Ahab goes and gets him, and he comes back. Well, the people that went to get him, tell him on the way now, now Ahab needs you to be, be real uh, pleasing today. Tell him good things. Tell him he's going to win and blah, blah, blah. And so Micaiah comes. Ahaz, Ahab asked him, you know, what about the word of the Lord? Micaiah says in verse 13 to those who were telling him that, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that will I speak. And so he comes to the king. Micaiah asks him about things, and he says, and Micaiah says, Go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. But King Ahab knows him better than that. And so the king says, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he goes on, and he tells him the truth, and he tells him that he's going to lose his life. And then it says in verse 18, then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. And then they have the spirit that comes up and says, I'll be a lying spirit in his mouth. And so the whole battle goes just like God said, and Ahab is killed, even though he tried to disguise himself. The point here is that Micaiah was one who was able to see the Lord also, and he gave us a brief description. He said he saw the Lord and the host of heaven on his right hand and on his left. Isaiah is another one. He's probably one from the Old Testament that we're the most familiar with. And I want to read Isaiah chapter 6. And I want to read Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and you, your sin purged. Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up. Praise be to God. And he is high and lifted up, sitting on his beautiful throne, his glorious throne. We have two others in the Old Testament that saw the Lord saw his throne. One is in Daniel. Daniel himself writes this from his vision, from his ability to see the Lord on the throne. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels of burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. So Daniel sees the throne of God and the one seated there. And the other one that we're told about in the Old Testament is Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 1. And the whole chapter talks about what all he saw. I just want to pick up the reading in verse 26. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. Where did we hear that earlier? Moses. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with an appearance, with the appearance of a man high above it. And from the appearance of his waist and upward I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around it, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice of one speaking. So we have these various people from the Old Testament that also see the throne of God and God sitting on it as John sees in Revelation chapter 4. We're going to revisit many of these same passages in future episodes. But what a privilege and what a glorious sight every one of them was allowed to experience in seeing God 
on his throne. We all will one day, but these got a sneak preview, so to speak. Notice how they each tell us things about this. Moses and Micaiah give us the basics. They didn't notice a whole lot other things, or at least they didn't record a lot of what they saw. It may be that God withheld some of that from them and they only saw certain things. But notice, they give us the basics. They tell us that it is God on the throne. They tell us there was a, a something like a paved work of sapphire under his feet. And they tell us that the host of heaven were on his right side and on his left, ministering and attending to him. Then we come to Isaiah, Daniel, and Ezekiel, and they give us that same the same basics. Plus, they tell us that he is high and lifted up. Ezekiel shows us that the throne has wheels on it, and that's that's another study in Ezekiel for another day. They tell us that there's a train of his robe that's filling the temple in heaven. They give also, like Moses, the appearance of the sapphire stone. They tell us that there is a man, God himself, in the appearance like a man. At least they can describe it that way. God himself, God the Father, sitting on there. From the waist up, it's amber and fire. From the waist down, it's fire and brightness. It made me think of when you burn, let's say, a bonfire, perhaps, outside. And you sit around, maybe in a cool fall evening and you're burning a bonfire outside, and you're, you're looking into that, and, and it's just so bright yellow, that fire that's very bright in the brightness of it. And then they tell us also about a rainbow around his throne. Daniel gives us a few additional details. Daniel sees thrones, plural. That's all he sees. You see, God is developing this John sees the thrones, but he also sees people sitting on them. That's the topic we will discuss tomorrow in the next episode. But Daniel does mention plural thrones. Daniel mentions the one seated on the throne of the the glorious throne. And Daniel calls him the Ancient of Days, referring to God the Father. He tells us his garment is white as snow, his hair is white like wool. His throne is a fiery flame. The wheels are burning fire. The host of heaven ministering to him. He tells us there's a court that is seated on these other thrones and the books are opened. So what is that all about? We'll touch some of that in the next episode and more as we go through this book. It's interesting that these all match perfectly with John's vision especially those details that Daniel and Ezekiel give us. Notice that there's a rainbow around the throne. This carries us back to thinking all the way back to Genesis chapter 9. And I want to read in Genesis chapter 9. I want to pick up the reading in verse 12. This is when the flood is over. Noah and his family are back on on the earth, and they've made the sacrifice to God, and God is making covenant with Noah that he will never again destroy the entire earth with a flood. And he says this in verse 12, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. 
I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Beloved friend, the rainbow is God's covenant promise, and it's the token of that promise. God sees it. Notice this. God sees it constantly. There's a rainbow around his throne. He sees it and he remembers his covenant and he has never again flooded the earth entirely like he did in the book of Genesis and he never will because he made that promise and he gave the rainbow as a token. From the throne, John tells us, there are lightnings, thunderings, and voices. This reminds us of Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. In Exodus chapter 20, God gives the Ten Commandments. And then in verse 18, he says this, Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. God's presence and to be able to see God is an awesome sight. And he is worthy of worship. Praise be to God. The seven lamps of fire that John speaks of in Revelation 4, we don't have to wonder about those. Those are not the seven lampstands. They are not the seven menorah that he's spoken about in 1 through 3. He defined it for us in 1 through 3 that those seven lampstands are the seven churches. That is not here. The way we know that is because Revelation chapter 4 tells us plainly. Do you see, beloved friend, the Bible interprets itself. We don't have to look and wonder and, and question. The Bible tells us exactly what these seven lamps of fire are. They are the seven spirits of God, not the churches. Now, the seven spirits of God refers to the sevenfold completion of the Spirit of God, that sevenfold perfection of the description and understanding of the Spirit of God. And in the Old Testament, that give us more understanding about this. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. This describes the seven spirits of God or the seven elements of the fullness of the spirit of the living God is what it's referring to. Lastly, Revelation 4 verses 1 through 5 that we just read speaks of these 24 thrones with 24 elders. Who are they? What in the world is this telling us? That's the topic that we want to pick up in the next episode.
Here in Revelation 4, 1 through 5, we have been told about the vision that John sees of God the Father on his throne. John joins a select few in the Bible record that we've looked at today. Moses, Micah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, who saw the same throne and saw God in heaven sitting there. All agree with perfect accuracy. All were humbled and at awe in his glorious beauty and majesty, which is a fitting response. And I'm sure one that we also will have when we see him face to face. All worshipped him at the revelation of his beauty and majesty. And I'd like to close this episode with a few psalms that speak of this to some degree. Psalm 48. Psalm 48 says this, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. He's talking about Jerusalem there, but he's also referring to the heavenly Jerusalem. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. Praise be to God. Psalm 29. I want to read verses 1 and 2, and then I want to read verses 10 and 11. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord sits as king forever on his throne. Praise be to God. And then Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. And I encourage you to worship the Lord. To let these words that John and these other writers have expressed to us about the awesomeness of the glorious throne of our majesty on high. Let those sink in, and may you dwell on those and worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.